What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. Today on the show, we're getting to know the Dolphins UDFA class. A bunch of new members of the Dolphins brought in uh, to help fill out this offseason roster. We're going to get to know their strengths, their weaknesses, a couple of names that I need to get to know a little bit more about myself. All that here today on Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. Today is Tuesday, May 3rd. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day, today on the show, UDFAs, whole lot of them. We're going to be talking about which ones maybe have a chance to make the roster. Of course, Miami had two last year between Robert Jones and uh, Syracuse defensive back Trill Williams, who made the initial roster from roster cuts. We saw both of those players in in brief stretches throughout the course of last season. Even a team that has had several years of building on top of the same vision as the Dolphins have, has a chance to see some of these UDFAs, specifically with this group. I think there's a couple of guys that have a reasonable chance. And we're going to talk about who they are today on the show. So I am going to be... Tapping in my friends over at Dolphins Wire. Of course, I used to, to frequent and do uh, the, the, the written content over there. Uh, it's coming up on my one-year anniversary of my departure there you know, to, to better focus on the podcast and uh, the draft and uh, my daughter at home. But in the year that's gone by, Dolphins Wire has continued to be an invaluable resource and definitely recommends everybody checks it out. Uh, for your Daily Dolphins news. Uh, And Mike Masala has put together the undrafted free agent tracker for the 2022 draft. Yesterday on the show, we went over the likes of Channing Tindall, Eric Azucama, Cameron Good, and Skylar Thompson. But here are the names that are on the tracker, and then we're going to go through each one of them and, and kind of acknowledge who I think has a reasonable chance to make the team. Owen Carney, pass rusher, Illinois. Ben Steele, defensive lineman, Nebraska. Tanner Connor, wide receiver, Idaho State. Defensive end, DeAndre Johnson, Miami. Jordan Williams, defensive tackle, Virginia Tech. Defensive back, Elijah Hamilton from Louisiana Tech. Braylon Sanders, wide receiver, Ole Miss. Center, Ty Clary, Arkansas. Uh, Corner, Cater Kohu uh, from Texas A&M Commerce. Punter Tommy Heatherly from Florida International. Running back Zaquandre White from South Carolina. Offensive lineman Blaze Andres from Minnesota. Offensive lineman Kellen Deesh, Arizona State. Is that it? Yes. As as of this time with the UDFA tracker, uh, those are the ones that we have on the books. And we'll start at the top of the list and we'll work our way down with Owen Carney. Uh, Carney is 
someone who hasn't had a ton of production. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think that Owen Carney, specifically in what the Dolphins upgraded pass rush room, um, he, I don't think that he's going to provide you with a realistic chance to usurp somebody on the roster. But what I can tell you is that he's a bigger body guy, 270 pounds. Uh, he's got plus length at 33 inch arms, but the athletic testing and the athletic profile is just not that of somebody who I think has enough bounce or juice to really challenge with some of the other athletes that the Miami Dolphins have in this room. Now, Practice squad individual? Absolutely. I think he can be an unspectacular but solid early down type of defender at the NFL level. Uh, and I would hardly be surprised if Miami chose to invest in him from that perspective. Ben Steele, however, uh, is already somebody who I would classify as Solid but unspectacular, but with a high floor. I think Ben Steele went undrafted because the ceiling is not particularly high, but the floor is very close to the ceiling, if we're being honest. And I think about the role that Zach Sealer plays in the defense. And Ben Steele, I'm not going to put him in the bucket of Zach Sealer, but I'm saying he can play the same kind of role for a team. Now, uh, I do think Ben uh, is going to have to be a little bit more consistent with winning at the point of attack and make sure he's holding ground at the point of attack as compared to uh, if he were getting uprooted or, or giving up his chest. Uh, but that's the kind of role that I can envision. I see a very clear parallel between a role that exists on the Dolphins defense and what I think Ben Steele can be with time um active roster spot probably not but again a practice squad individual who you could do a game day call up for or elevate for a brief period of time if you endured injuries on the front yes i think he's perfectly capable of fulfilling that kind of role tanner connor is a fun one because we mentioned tanner connor on the podcast uh, with one of the, the mock draft series that we did as a seventh-round target for the Dolphins. Let me pull up. I, I want to make sure I get the numbers right as far as how good he is as an athlete. Um, certainly don't think this is somebody who's going to be a, a, a roster spot player right away. But Tanner Connor is six foot three. 300 or 226 pounds ran a four five flat in the 40 yard dash he's from idaho state mind you 39 inch vert 19 reps on the bench 10 7 broad jump and a 7 1 5 3 cone drill which is actually a, a very respectable three cone drill for somebody of his stature and size as a developmental x the same kind of player that we're presuming Preston Williams and Azukanma are going to be for this team. Tanner Connor has plenty of physical upside that you could bank on and lean on. Uh, and he's somebody I would not only predict to make the practice squad, but would be somebody we prioritize. 
to make sure he stays on the practice squad. Uh, I do think with the overhauled pass-catching room, uh, it's probably going to be too much for him to make the active roster unless he kills it on special teams. And maybe he will. Uh, I would be surprised. But Tanner Connor is an exciting ad for what he can be down the road. Maybe he becomes our new Kirk Merritt. I know everybody's got that void in their heart that they need to fill out. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info from all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. DeAndre Johnson is a player I admittedly need to learn more about. Uh, I can tell you that he was formerly with the Tennessee Volunteers program, uh, transferred to Miami. He did top 30 visits uh, with Arizona, uh, with the Cardinals. Of course, they they drafted kind of that player in Jesse Lucchetta at the end of the seventh round with one of the last picks in the draft. Uh, and the Dolphins had him in for their local one of their local workouts. So DeAndre Johnson uh, is a player I, I can't tell you too much about right now, um, but he's somebody I'm looking forward to getting into the film with this week uh, so that I can formulate some opinions on whether or not I think he's got a better chance than Owen Carney uh, to make a splash and, and potentially get on the roster. Jordan Williams is interesting because he's kind of a departure from a lot of what you have up front. Um, he's not, he's undersized in the sense that he's 290 pounds and you would want somebody that stature to have a little bit more explosiveness in them than what he's shown. I think his play style transfer from Clemson at Virginia Tech is certainly that of a, of a gap penetrator. But his 10-yard split's a 176. Uh, broad jumps a nine nine foot broad. Verticals 31 and a half, which I mean 31 and a half is not bad for somebody his size. But the nine foot broad jump, the seven seven one three cone drill, uh, the 176 10-yard split. It's just he his play style doesn't really match with what his testing showcased that he was at the pro day, and that's the concern. But I do think Miami having a continued versatility in the front to have a couple penetrators is not a bad thing. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about how this system is predicated around gap control up front and scheme slash design pressures. And Jordan Williams might not be a great fit for that, although he does have length with 33.5 inch arms and an 80.5 inch wingspan. But I think he's somebody who can embody the next level, much like in the same way, not to say that Jordan Williams is the player to do it. But remember when we drafted Jalen Phillips last year and it was like, oh, the team might be able to be a little bit more diverse and dangerous because you'll have some more organic pass rush and you won't have to bring extra bodies. Getting some more guys with interior penetration capabilities 
kind of like Adam Butler, but more dynamic than Adam Butler, um, is another layer that this defense, I think, is ready to take on that would really help the defense take on a life of its own. So I don't know that Jordan Williams is the guy to do that, but at the very least, he represents a potential opportunity in the defense to make a splash. Let's talk about Elijah Hamilton. Uh, Elijah Hamilton from uh, Louisiana Tech, defensive back. I could tell you ran a 4.56. I could tell you he's super explosive with his jumps. He went to the Vanderbilt Pro Day, checked in at 6.012, so six foot one and a quarter. 211 pounds, 4.56, 40-yard dash. Everything else was really good. Uh, the vertical... 38 inches, the broad jump, 10-9, the three-cone drill of a 7.06. This this is, he's not a wow athlete, but there's some really good testing that's involved here. And then you you cross-check that with, he originally was at Vanderbilt, he transferred to Louisiana Tech this year, and this was kind of one of two seasons in which he got any reasonable run whatsoever as a player. Um, he's a bit of a wild card. He has four career passes defensed, no career interceptions, 61 total tackles across four seasons between Vanderbilt and Louisiana Tech. No special teams, no one kick return for 17 yards in 2020 with Vanderbilt. Kind of a blank slate. But with the physical profile that's there, that's exactly what UDFAs are for, right? Is taking flyers on guys and maybe you strike gold and, and find somebody who uh, can really provide you with uh, an unexpected void filled in your role. Think of Elijah Campbell last year, right? Elijah Campbell was a waiver wire ad from the Dolphins and that was a UDFA player. Campbell played on special teams and was very good as a gunner. I'm sure nobody wants to hear me talk about gunners. <laughs> but uh, that that would kind of be my vision for Elijah Hamilton. The next name, however, is somebody who is of very big interest to me personally. Uh, Braylon Sanders from Ole Miss. Here's what I can tell you. Braylon Sanders played in an offense that was very one-dimensional and did not ask him to do a whole lot other than three things run goes run posts and run deep ends like that's <laughs> that was that role in that offense but here's what I can also tell you Braylon Sanders on a per catch basis is one of the most productive football players in this year's class so you have route running and scheme questions and concerns, and you also have injury and, and uh, availability questions for Braylon Sanders. But Braylon Sanders caught 69 passes for 1,453 yards this past, uh, for, uh, throughout the course of his career. The past two seasons, he's averaged 24 yards per catch and had eight, eight combined touchdowns. He had 24 for 549 this year in 11 games. A career 21.1 yards per catch average. 
And it's not even that he's like a, wow, oh my God, speed athlete down the field either. It's just he's really good at tracking the ball down the field. And he knows how to alter and change his pace to create separation vertically. His hands are problematic. Uh, He went down to the Senior Bowl and he struggled to catch the football at times. Uh, So I think that's something that that you do have to be mindful of for him. And I I think the route running plus the hands um, is enough for him to be in the position that he is, which he's a a UDFA, especially with the injuries. But he's six foot, 196 pounds, was at the combine, ran a 4.48, so good speed. Um, tested just fine. I, I do think that the hand size uh, doesn't quite correlate to the hand issues. He's got 10 inch hands. So this is an interesting player because you start compartmentalizing individual components of what he is and you can see a reasonable amount of upside here. I think Braylon Sanders, out of all the names that we've mentioned to this point in time, even more so than Tanner Connor and Ben Steele, I think this is the one that has the best chance to kind of make a splash. In camp, I don't know that it's going to be enough again to make the roster because I don't think he offers you anything on special teams. But I would not be surprised if we get to training camp and there's a little bit of buzz about Braylon Sanders because he catches some balls down the field and makes some noise. How that story ends, we'll find out. Uh, Next name that I have to talk about is Ty Clary. He and Cater Kohu are two names that I admittedly need to get to know a little bit more about. And I won't sit here and say that I've watched them just yet, uh, but I will say they're on my to-do list. Uh, I don't know how hard I'm going to have to dig to find Texas A&M Commerce tape, but we'll do what we got to do. Uh, Tommy Heatherly, Florida International. Of course, this is a, a local player for the Dolphins with Florida International. Tommy Heatherly, I know there were some Dolphins fans that wanted or expected or, or felt as though the Dolphins should take a punter. But again, I, I would go back to when the Dolphins brought in Thomas Morstead. Punters don't retire because they physically can't punt anymore. Punters retire because they're tired of punting. Thomas Morstead has shown very little in the way of slowing down or decline, and I would be very surprised uh, to see Thomas Morstead not still punting in the NFL a couple years from now. So with that in mind, sure, Tommy Heatherly has a 44.8 yards per punt average at his disposal. He punted 45 times last year for an average of 46.4. I understand why you see a punter close to 40 and say, oh, it might be time to move on. Let's worry about that when we get there. I'd be surprised if Heatherly ends up making the roster, but I would not be surprised if the next guy makes the roster. This is the first name that I feel like has a very real chance to make the Dolphins roster. 
Of course, talking about rockauto.com, which is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, rockauto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs, right? Locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I actually am talking about Zaquandre White from South Carolina. Uh, Zaquandre was productive this past year uh, for South Carolina. He split time with Kevin Harris. Uh, he touched the ball 107 times uh, for 785 yards and five touchdowns. Here's the interesting part about Saquandre White. In 2018, he was at Florida State. Interesting, sure. But he was a linebacker for Florida State. And he transfers in 2019, 2020. He's a running back for South Carolina. Touched the ball 18 times for 55 yards. And then this year a big explosion in production as far as what he did both as a receiver and as a ball carrier. Uh, but once upon a time, this was a top 150 overall recruit at the linebacker position. So when he transferred from Florida State, he did go to the JUCO level. And that's where he ended up kind of with that transition to running back. And you watch this guy run the ball. And it is very clear that he's dynamic. It is very clear that he's creative. Uh, it is very clear he can catch the ball out of the backfield. They got some manufactured touches for him. I don't know how well his vision and his feel and instincts are going to set him up for success right away with the Dolphins. Uh, but what I do know is the Dolphins' running back room should be considered wide open. Now, we're looking at the wide receiver room, and we're looking at the UDFA wide receivers, and we're saying, well, maybe we can get a guy who catches lightning in a bottle, but it feels like the numbers just aren't there. I don't feel that way with the running back room. Yes, Chase Edmonds is committed to for the next two years. Raheem Mostert, I don't think we can rely on anything until he showcases that he's he's healthy and can stay healthy. The rest of the room could take or leave the vast majority of it. So Saquandre White, he's he's a fun player. He he is electric, but still new to the position. So that means instinctually he'll get out of the mesh point and he'll look to press the line of scrimmage and there's times where he doesn't always make the best decisions. And, and that's something that serves as a potential roadblock for him to both making the team and getting on the field if he does make the team. But I'm excited about him as a potential dark horse uh, on this team and, and what he can maybe be as a change of pace kind of guy. Um, and from an athletic profile perspective, he didn't give you much at the NFL Combine. He didn't test in at all, but he was six foot. 206 pounds, 9-inch hands. Um, 
And when he went down to the pro day, where's it at? There it is. 10-foot broad jump, 36-inch vertical jump. He ran a 4.63. But the 10-yard split had a little bit of juice to it. He's somebody who is not the kind of explosive open field athlete that so many of the other backs that you have are. Chase Edmonds of the world, Raheem Mostert's of the world. We know about their RPMs. We know about their miles per hour. Uh, Zaquandre Wright isn't quite that. But he wouldn't have to be. And in short spaces, he is super, super slippery. The last two names that we have are Kellen Deesh and Blaze Andres. Uh, Andres is the other offensive tackle, the left tackle for Minnesota, opposite Daniel Fa'alele, who got drafted by the Baltimore Ravens in the fourth round. Uh, but Deesh is the one who I think has a chance. Uh, I think he's going to have to play inside at the NFL level. He's 6'7", 301 pounds, and you hear 6'7", and it's like, oh, like, oh, I don't know that he's that he's going to work well inside, but he also doesn't have great length. He's a good zone-blocking system fit, though. His ability to really slide and flow laterally, that's his best athletic trait. Anchor is not a strong suit for him. I don't think you could play him at center. At 6'7", um, so he's probably going to be a, a developmental swing guard tackle type player. But the Dolphins gave him a reasonable amount of money as a UDFA to get him in the building. Now, maybe they're more than comfortable to just throw that money down the toilet if it doesn't work out. But I would think that they really had eyes on him. And there's a sense that there might be something there that they might really want to work to develop. Uh, so if you had to ask me of the UDFAs who I thought had the best chance to make the roster, uh, I would probably put Zaquandre White first. I would probably put Kellen Deesh second. And then while fully admitting there's two or three names here, uh, Cater Kohu, um, Ty Clary, DeAndre Johnson that I need to know, to know a little better, uh, I would then probably put Ben Steele third on the list before I got to know those last couple of names. So, in a perfect world, they're all practice squad guys for us, and, and the active roster is so full of studs you couldn't possibly find room for someone. We'll see if that's the case or not. We'll also see what other transactions come. Some rumblings earlier this week from Drew Rosenhaus that Miami's been kicking the tires on a couple of veteran players, Carlos Dunlap and Akeem Hicks, which we will be talking about as a part of tomorrow's program. So make sure you hit subscribe, come on back, see us. Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for checking out Locked on Dolphins. Fins up, keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow.